Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is our vision to find oil in Israel. Now, you may be saying, so what is your purpose? Why are you telling us this? Well, basically, just so you can know, because we are not trying to solicit any people um, investing at all. As a matter of fact, I've even got a disclaimer I need to read. Nothing I'm about to say in this presentation should be deemed an offering of a security or a solicitation for you to buy a security. Any such thing can only be done through legal perspectives, such as a private placement document approved by the company, which we're not currently offering. Now, if you want to know about that, when we start offering it, if you'll send an email to Ask Stan, and in the little topic area, if you'll just put the word oil, that's all I need. I'll put you over in a little basket, and then should we start offering securities or opportunities to be involved with oil in Israel, I'll send you an email, okay? My statements are my personal views and opinions and not a legal representation or promise. Any legal rep relationship which should be including a business relationship or an investment will only be done through a proper legal documents. We cannot guarantee we'll ever get the money drilled for or hit oil in Israel. So, here's the story. In 1982, Hayseed Stevens visited Israel, part-time uh, part pastor, a full-time oil man. And while he was there, he said that the world's largest, the Lord spoke to his heart and said the world's largest oil field is located at the southwest end of the Dead Sea. He said, well, if that's true, it's got to be in the Bible. So he came back, started searching. He found 17 scriptures in the Bible that say in the last days, massive amounts of oil will be found in Israel. October 13, 31, 1990, there was a prophecy given to me by Dimitri Dudeman. The angel visited the night before. He called and said, okay, here's what the angel said for me to tell you. So this is directly from the throne. Tell Stan, if he will do what God has laid in his heart to do, God will bless him more than he ever thought possible. Well, I think that probably was fulfilled about 30 years ago. I mean, I think I've been over-blessed. I do not deserve, nor have I earned many of the blessings that God has given me. So I think that's already come to pass, but of course, God is probably going to do more. 1995, Hayseed started an oil company to gather the funds to go drill well in Israel. 1997, Dimitri Dudeman died. I was very upset because I was thinking that probably the tribulation would start in 2000, as most everybody else was in those days. And we were thinking that Dimitri Dudeman was going to be there to guide us through it. Well, none of that happened. So I was very upset. So I just took off, canceled all my appointments, and I went out to a little cabin some of our friends had out on the lake, and I just drank distilled water for seven days. On the morning of the sixth day, I woke up into this vision. I woke up, and I was standing in a parking lot, and I believe it was probably where the Kansas City Chiefs football team plays in Kansas City. Standing in the parking lot, I was looking south, and I could supernaturally see that cars from probably 20 miles away were streaming in, coming into this sports stadium. I knew that I had just come from a TV program where I'd been talking about it, the TV stations were actually encouraging people to go, not that they wanted to see people get saved, but they had an alternative reason, and that is those people that were going to this meeting would be the true Christians, and they wanted to find out who the true Christians were, and of course the folks going to the meeting knew that their license plate would be taken and there would be consequences. 
and specifically when I was being interviewed at the TV station, the lady in a green dress said, why is it that you have so many miracles at your meetings? So I was standing about dusk in the parking lot. I saw people streaming in from all directions coming into the parking lot. And I knew that I was going to be speaking and also in charge of the meeting. And I also knew that I would be speaking about Jesus. And I knew that people would be coming down out of the grandstands, onto the gridiron, down where the football players play, tears in their eyes, giving the heart to Jesus. And that's my heart. Now, that happened May 5th, 1997. Well, excuse me, that's what sent me to the fasting. May 11th was when I got the vision. 1998, Prophecy Club put Hayseed on a 10-city speaking tour, which blew life into his vision to find oil in Israel. 2000, October 26th of 2001, Leslie heard the audible voice speak to her, and in a dream, she was shown a map of where the oil is located in Israel. See, when you go looking for oil any place, that's the big question. <laughs> where do you drill? <laughs> I know. I know from that, and I've got a couple other reasons, which I'll tell you part of the reasons, but I'm not going to tell you where we drill. Uh, but anyway, yes, I know where to drill. Not only do I know where, but I know how deep to drill. And, of course, that means everything. December 16, 2002, in the night, I heard the audible voice of God say, I'm giving you part of the harvest from the seeds sown by Billy Graham. Here's the situation. As I was drifting off to sleep, I said, Lord, I just want to say that I love you more than my wife, more than my children, more than the beat of my own heart, more than the breath in my own lungs. I love you more than anything. And fell off to sleep. Well, apparently that was the right thing to say. Because this was the first time that I heard the audible voice of God speak. And this is what I call the eternal voice. In other words, it came from all directions in the room. I cannot tell you whether it was ears or the the heart, or I just heard it every place. came from all directions. And I, I heard the words, I'm giving you part of the harvest from the seeds sown by Billy Graham. Then a sword appeared in my hand. I held it with both hands, very light, very sharp. I could spin it around in any direction. I took the sword and I cut off, uh, well, it was about a two foot by two foot piece of paper that appeared up before me and off to the right. I took the sword and I cut off about a third of the paper. As I cut off the paper, if I can show you here, as I cut off the paper like this, this part of the paper, I will show you, like that, okay, third of the paper came off, and that just turned to a waterfall. And I believe he's saying to me that the souls will come in very quickly. In other words, there'll be a time when no souls come in, then all of a sudden when they do start coming in, it's a harvest, and they come in very, very quickly. Then May 15, 2003, Hayseed fell dead of a heart attack, and the vision fell on hard times. May 20th of 2003, this was just before Hayseed died, I had this dream. And uh, I believe it's telling me a lot of things. The dream was, an oil friend of mine with a reputation for finding oil and myself at an intercessor from our congregation, we're in a sport utility vehicle driving around Israel looking for another place to drill another oil well, meaning we'd already found oil. I was driving with the biggest stake representing the finances. In other words, I had the finances. It was me that was bringing the finances to do all the drilling. 
I've ever seen as we were driving around looking for another place to drill and occasionally I'd reach down and cut off a slice of this big steak and eat it, meaning I bring the finances. The entire time, my oil-finding friend was intent on finding a drilling site. In 2006, I asked the Lord, Am I, I am a mind to just walk away from all this oil stuff. If you want me to stay involved with it, give me a dream tonight showing me what it's like to be at a gusher when it comes in. Now, I was raised in West Texas. My friends all, well, the bumper sticker says, uh, oil pays my taxes and feeds my family. And that's true. Just about everybody in West Texas, that's all they do. They work in the oil field. People that own the oil fields live in Midland. People that work in the oil fields work in, and live in Odessa. So I grew up in the oil field, had a good friend of mine died in the oil field, knew several others kind of distant that died in the oil field. It's common, okay? But I never wanted to have anything to do with the oil field. So when I got involved with this oil company, not the one that I'm president CEO of, president CEO of now, but another oil company, the Hayseeds Oil Company, nothing was happening. So I was pretty frustrated. So I just said, look, Lord, I'm just going to walk away. If you want me to stay involved with this, then give me a dream tonight. Show me what it's like to be at an oil rig when it comes in. That night, I had a dream. Now, I've never been to a rig. I've never even been within a block of one. I've certainly never been on one. Never had anything to do with the oil industry. I didn't want to. Didn't want anything to do with it. I grew up. I just took a picture of the pump jack here, what, uh, eight days ago, that put me to sleep every night going, oh, click, click. Mm, click, click. I can still remember the sound. Pump jack just right across the street from me. So, I mean, I grew up in the oil business, or the oil, the oil patch, they say. So, that night I had a dream. I dreamed that I was standing on an oil platform, and there was a pipe sticking up. And you know how they were running pop up and down. I was watching them. And about this time, there was a low rumble and a shake. And then all of a sudden, I mean, there was really high-pitched air under tremendous pressure come spewing out of this pipe. Really loud, really high-pitched. I was holding my ears. It It was still loud. Then it went, silent. And then this like brown sugar looking oil came slowly kind of bubbling up only about two foot up wasn't a big gusher up like that but the point is he showed me what it's like when a gusher comes in so i said okay all right all right i guess i need to stay involved with oil so i'm what i'm trying to say is it was not my idea being involved in oil in israel november 7 2007 hayseed's former attorney called and asked me if i'd be willing to start a new oil corporation to continue the vision to find oil in Israel. My exact response was, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, my plate is full. I don't have anything else to do. I'll pray about it, but probably not. So my get-me-out-of-it prayer that night was, Lord, as you know, I don't have any extra $5,000 laying around to get that oil attorney, start some oil company. So if you want me to do this, send the money. That was all I thought about. Because <laughs> I figured that, pl- that prayer probably didn't make it the ceiling. But the next day, office called. A uh, lady wants you to call her. She wants to talk to you about oil in Israel. I said, why do these people keep calling me? I don't have anything to do with oil in Israel. Well, she's been a faithful $50 a month partaker now for over 10 years. So I think I better call her. Well, of course, I was going to call her, but now I was obligated. 
Thank you for calling. The reason I ask you to call is because two nights ago, God woke me up in the middle of the night, told me to give you $30,000 to continue the vision to find oil in Israel. My exact response was, well, fine. <laughs> she said, what? So I explained, all right, all right, all right. So she sent the $30,000 check. It cleared. So we started Prophetic Oil Incorporated, January 1 of 2008. Now, we're not offering stock in it at this particular time. But there's more to the story. Uh, so after we started this oil company, I set up an 18-city speaking tour from Beaumont all the way up into Minneapolis. After I spoke in Amarillo, July 21st, I believe it was. I keep getting the date mixed up. It was either July 21 or July 14. Or no, it was definitely June. It was definitely June. I don't know. I've looked it up several times. I can't. I, I, I get that date wrong. Anyway, after I spoke in Amarillo, uh, before I went to sleep, I said, Lord, I hope you're pleased with what we're doing because it's not going so good. We're spending $3,500 per city in advertising and not many people showing up, not many people getting saved. And that night he spoke to me. I mean, I heard words. I mean, I heard words just like I'm saying right now. And they said, Stan, I will give you the money to drill the well in Israel. I said, the oil well? <laughs> but there was no response. His son, that's, that's all I'm going to say. So I assume it's the oil well. Now, up until that point, I'd had nothing to do with these get-rich-quick schemes. But after that, I began to start listening to them and I do not know exactly how God is going to give me the money. But again, it was an audible voice that said he'd give me the money. Now, every time I say that, I've got to give you a disclaimer. And that is, we cannot guarantee we're ever going to get the money drilled for or hit oil in Israel. May 13, 2002, I had a dream that there was an earthquake that released oil into a dead, dry formation. So here's the dream. I did not ask for this. I just, this was the dream. I dreamed that I was on an old pump jack foundation. Having grown up in the oil field, I used to play on a lot of them. And uh, sometimes there was a fence around them. Sometimes there wasn't. And so, you know, there's a big chunk of concrete, about four foot wide, four foot tall, and about uh, 12 foot long. And it had a pump jack sitting on it. And this was, the pump jack had been removed, and you could see oil was on the ground where crude oil had been spilled all over. Just an old dead well. But anyway, in this dream, I jumped up on it and I pointed down into the ground and I said, there's oil coming out of that formation. And about that time, there was a deep shaking. You could sort of hear it, but it was more of a feel, shaking. And all of a sudden, I mean, there was about eight to 12, happened so fast, eight to 12 of these spigots just, oh, 100, 150 yards out, that all of a sudden shot up, but probably... 12 to 18 foot in the air, just shot up full of, of pressure and then just fell back silent to the earth. <laughs> I thought oil flowed into this formation. I turned to my faceless friend behind me. I think that's our supporters. And I said, hey, oil just flowed into this formation. We've got to go file the paperwork before everybody finds out oil just flowed into this formation. Now, that's part of what we want to do. When the money arrives for us to go over and drill this well in Israel, I'm going to take a small select a group of people, not necessarily friends, but people that are prayer warriors. And there are three places that we're going to go and pray. 
And there is a, uh, there's, I will tell you this, there is a northern location, a central location, and a southern location in Israel. And I can already tell you, the southern location is the spigot that Hayseed showed me when he took me over to Israel in 1999 and showed me where him and some other people, like four or five other partners, had drilled another well back in 1985. Anyway, he explained to me all about that, and there's no sense in going into that right now. But the point is, I know where to pray. And what we're going to do, and I even know the prayer. So we're going to go there, and we're going to pray over those areas. And I believe that it may be that all three of them has some kind of a shaking. But I believe that supernaturally God is going to show me where to drill. Now I'm going to say something else here. I, there's some of the, I'm under non-disclosure agreements. I have given them permission to monitor my emails, my phone calls, and trust me, they do. I said the wrong word one time, and all of a sudden, dial tone. I got cut off. So they're real serious about it. And there's things I can't talk about. But one of the, one of our friends, I'll say it that way, has promised to give us four drilling rigs. Uh, another doctor has pledged to give one. I've got another lady in California that's pledged to give another. So that's six drilling rigs that we plan to take over to Israel. Six of them. Now, I'll talk about the rig, rigs here in just a second. Let's get going here. July 20th, 2014, I had a dream of me speaking in a sports stadium, getting the people to worship Jesus. And I see this is already running really long. Okay, so probably what I need to do is break this into two segments. That way I can tell you more of each one of the stories. So I'll go ahead and tell you the story here. Um, this was in 2014, and I dreamed that me and Lou Young, our associate pastor at Spirit Prophecy Church, were setting up tables out in the hall at a hotel. And I turned to him, I said, I'm going to walk down the hall here just a minute, see if there's a better place to set up the tables. And so I walked down the hall a little bit, and I heard this noise, and I saw a little crack in the door. And I thought, well, I'm going to walk over there and see what's going on, because unusual sounds there. So I started pushing on the door very slightly. All of a sudden, <laughs> it opened up, and I'm in what appeared to be the Dallas Cow Cowboys Sports Stadium, the AT&T Stadium. And I'm in it, and the place is packed. And I turn to my right, and I see that there's a stadium uh, a, a platform, a speaking platform up there. And about that time, I hear come over the, the loudspeaker. Here he is, the owner, the, the founder and, and speaker at the Prophecy Club, Stan Johnson. <laughs> I thought, ah, oh, they, 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 they know me. They, they want to listen to me. And then I saw one of the guys stumbling over some microphone cords up on the stage, and it was our people. So I thought, oh, okay, well, I guess I better go up there and kind of take over because it's fumbling and bumbling. So I walked over, picked up the mic, and I started leading everybody in how to worship the Lord. Worshiping the Lord. And I know that I know because I've had a dream and a vision about us going to sports stadiums. Remember what he told me? I'm giving you part. This is an audible voice. I'm giving you part of the harvest from the seeds sown by Billy Graham. Now, Who's Billy Graham? Well, he did sports stadium meetings around the globe for, I don't know what, 50 years? Probably the greatest soul winner of our time. 
I believe he's going to give me about the third the number of souls that he gave Billy Graham. That's a lot. So all of this has a plan, and some kind of revealing some secrets I don't normally talk about, but this is what God has shown me. So here's my plan. God showed me the specific scripture, the verse in the Bible that tells us where the Bible is, where the, where the oil is located. Then Leslie had a dream, October the 28th of 2001, showing specifically where the oil is located. I've also found a series of five verses that tell me the depth. So I know the location, I know the depth, and I know it for two different reasons. Also, the Bible says that the oil is deep. You see, there's only two reasons why someone can't find the oil. Either they drilled in the wrong place, or they didn't drill deep enough. And the biggest problem with finding the oil in Israel is they didn't drill deep enough because they weren't prophecy students. They didn't read God's Word because God's Word, and I'm going to give you the verse here in just a minute, says that it's deep. So what I plan to do is take, take a rig capable of drilling really, really deep. The deepest well ever drilled was by the Russians down to 40,000 square, down to 40,000 foot. Now, I'm going to be looking for a rig that can drill in that ballpark, that vicinity, which I'm told is about 22 stories high, four blocks a square at the base, takes 188 wheeled trucks to move, about six months to build, two months to move to Israel, about a month to erect. It is not designed to be taken apart and moved. Instead, it walks like a duck from one location to the next up or down up to a 6% grade walks like a duck, so it's designed to punch a hole, punch a hole, punch a hole, punch a hole. And that's what I want to do. It takes about six to nine months to drill down to the test depth I want to drill to, but again, I'm not revealing that depth or the exact location. The rig I also want to get, I want it to be powerful enough to pull out a stuck pipe. A man I'm not revealing the name of drilled a well in Israel down to a deep depth. I won't reveal that either. And he hit a light showing of yellow-colored crude oil. Now, let's talk about that for a second. There's actually five colors of crude oil. There's black, that we're all familiar with. And then there's the tea-colored, that Beverly Hillbillies made famous, called Texas Tea. And the reason they call it Texas Tea, I've got some in the garage, I probably should have brought it in for this little talk. But they call it Texas Tea because when you put it into a glass, it looks like tea. Then they've got uh, another color that is red. Remember the Deepwater Horizon, the big oil, oil spill out in the Gulf? Well, that was red. I got some guys to send me some of that. And then there is green. Now, if you look at it just straight on, it looks black. But if you hold it up to the light in the right hue, you can see it has a little bit of a, a green hue to it. However, the highest quality crude oil on the earth is yellow. And... It looks like honey. I'm going to turn my flashlight on. So what do you think? Is that honey? It's in a little bear. Is that honey? Or is this honey? Which one do you think is honey? Here's how you can tell. It's not the fact that it's a bear. It's the fact that it's has a, a very light viscosity. See that? Whereas the bear, I can shake the bear. I can turn the bear upside down. And, of course, you know, the honey flows very slowly. 
<laughs> uh, I don't know if you can even see that. But this is yellow cutter crude oil. This actually came from a place out in West Texas. A friend of mine sent me this to me. And you can see, I have to keep it in glass. Because if I put this in plastic, see, plastic is made of crude oil. It'll dissolve it. So it has to be in glass. It has to have a metal lid. It can't re require or, or use any form of rubber or plastic because it dissolves it. And I've had friends come to my office, and I've opened up the lid, which I keep very tight. And when I open it up, you can smell propane, butane, gasoline, diesel, kerosene, because they're all in here. See, the heavier, the thicker, the blacker, the less energy there is into it. But the lighter, the lighter viscosity like this, the more energy there is in this. This can actually be poured into your, straight out of the ground, straight into your car, and it'll ping a lot. And you better run some filter through it to make sure you don't have any uh, sand and stuff like that. But you can actually run your car on this. This is one of the ways they discovered that it'll power cars. Anyway, so... This man drilled a really deep well in Israel, and he had a light showing of yellow-colored crude oil. But the problem is they dropped a pipe 300 feet long, a string of pipe, and when it hit the bottom of the well, now the well was some 20,000 foot deep. Okay, so there's 5,280 feet in a, in a mile. So how long is that? We're talking about over four miles. So try to imagine a string of pipe 300 feet long that probably weighs several thousand pounds falling for four miles. When it hit the bottom of the well, it stuck. And though they pulled as hard as they could, they couldn't get it out. So one of the things I want to do with the rigs that we take over there, I want to take big, powerful rigs. One of the things I want to do is go to that same location. I know exactly where it is. And I want to pull to see if I can pull that pipe out because they've already hit yellow cutter crude oil. So let's see if we can pull it out. Okay, so I'm going to pick up here tomorrow, and I'm going to answer the question, why hasn't God released oil to Israel? I'm going to show you some scriptures that you will find absolutely amazing about a massive oil field to be found in Israel. The biggest oil field in the world is located in Israel. And I'm going to con continue to talk about this. I'll continue it tomorrow. It took me about 20 minutes to make these two loaves in my kitchen at an ingredient cost of about $12 each. In a time of food shortage and emergency, I'm going to cut each one of these loaves into 14 slices. Eat a slice in the morning and the afternoon, I'll be satisfied. You want long-term food storage? You want to cut your food costs? Here it is. Eat two whole wheat bread slices daily for about a year for about $800 each. JosephKitchen.com's wheat berries come in a nitrogen-infused 7-gallon pail for long-term storage. Most other emergency food costs about $10,000 per person per year. That's right, about $10,000 per person per year. But at Joseph Kitchen, you could do it for about $1,000 per person per year. Now, to get started at josephkitchen.com, you're going to need a machines package. That's going to give you the grinder, the bread machine, the knife slicer, all you need to make bread, and then you decide how much food you want to get. You want food six people one year, four people one year, two people one year, or just one person for a year, all at josephkitchen.com. About $1,000 per person per year at josephskitchen.com. Use the promo code PROPHECYCLUB. Get you a $50 discount josephskitchen.com, promo code 
Prophecy Club for a $50 discount on your first order. Okay, so Terry Saka, why should people call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com today? Well, we've had large developments. We all do know about the war with Ukraine and Russia, but what's happening in Europe, beyond the fact that they have uh, food rationing, energy rationing, and the Rhine River, which is the heartland of the industrial world of Europe, is now drying up to the point where the barges can no longer go through. And now the announcement just just yesterday that Russia was going to eliminate all Nord Stream energy flows to Europe is huge. So what that doing is it's making the euro currency crash way below parity, making the dollar really strong, which is giving you a tremendous buying opportunity because gold and silver is very cheap. But don't be fooled. It won't last long. Cornerstone, AssetMetals.com. Call them, start some dialogue, open an account and get yourself prepared for what is coming. When a nuclear device is detonated, the dust, the dust settles on everything. You breathe it, absorb it. You cannot stop it. And when you breathe it or absorb it, it floods your thyroid with bad iodine, killing your thyroid and killing you. But there is a solution. I just went out to my freezer. This is mine. I keep it out there. I've had it for several years. And it says... Uh, this is potassium iodide. As a matter of fact, I keep it in the freezer, and I keep them in a Ziploc bag, just like this. This is my personal supply we keep in the freezer. So there you go. Now, it's 30 bucks a bottle. If you order five bottles, you get an extra bottle free. You need one bottle per exposure per person, um, and it has the instructions on it. But anyway, I would suggest you go to prophecyclub.com. And let me, do, let me just tell you. We've only got 100 bottles. Now, we've already made plans to get another 1,000 bottles in, being this is coming up. Right now, we only have 100. So my suggestion is you get over to prophecyclub.com and you get your bottles ordered real quick. You might even be a part of the 100 that we have. And if not, then another week or so after that, we will get some more bottles, get it out to you. 30 bucks a bottle, order five and get a sixth one free. Here it is, potassium iodate. Is your life worth 30 bucks? I mean, you may as well have it. I mean, spend 30 bucks. Spend 30 bucks. So you get a suitcase nuke in the area or something like that? Not worried. 